Welcome to Indie Dotes, the podcast that shares the stories of independent creators. I'm your host, Susan Bond. Today on the show, I have Vaidehi Joshi. She is a writer, a developer, and created BaseCS. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So... I discovered, I don't even remember when I discovered Base CS, which by the way, I kept saying basics, which is, <laughs> which is, which is like an intentional play, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm a writer. So I'm like, oh, puns, metaphors, where can I work that in? Well, yeah, actually. So I don't remember where I discovered, but then I thought, oh my gosh, the naming is just so clever and brilliant. So how <laughs> did you come up with that? Let's just talk, let's start with the naming because it's right here. How did you come up with that? Oh, well, the truth is that I didn't actually come up with the full name of it. And I like I had like a way worse name. And I was like, oh, something about the basics of computer science or like computer science fundamentals. All my names were terrible. And I was talking to my dad about this because my dad is a software engineer um, and he's been in the field for like 30 plus years. And he was like, well, you're just you're like learning about binary and like base two and base 10. What about base CS? So I was like, oh, sure. And then I started thinking about the pun. And I was like, oh, this is so good. Um, so dad for the win. I know. Shout out to my dad. I have, <laughs> I have to give him credit for that. <laughs> Look at that. Dad, I mean, that's fantastic. I feel like naming is hard, oh especially God, when is. we're close to it. I know. My names of everything are horrible. <laughs> I'm notorious for that, except I've talked about this on the podcast before, except Bet on Yourself was, I think, the only name I've ever been really excited about. I did not create Indie Dotes. My partner came up with Indie Dotes, right? It's like the stories of independence because it took me, I was like, what is Indie Dotes? <laughs> and I was like, oh, got it, got it, because, you know, everything is taken. Um, <laughs> right? When you think about naming something, everything's taken or else it's this horribly long, long name that, you, you know, it's like, well, no one's going to remember that. Yeah. Sometimes it's too on the nose and everything that I had was too on the nose. And right. The subtlety of this is like totally goes to my dad. Yeah, it's fantastic. And let's talk about how it started. So... Uh, you know, how did this, how did you come up with this? Good question. Um, well, it kind of started quite a while ago and I didn't realize that it was starting. Um, and like the first seeds of it started when I was interviewing um, at a company probably, um, I guess, two years ago almost. Um, and it was a like a pretty well-known company and they had like a fairly rigorous interview process and this was like I was you know a year or and a half maybe into development um and working professionally as an engineer and I hadn't really had really intense tough technical interviews so I was a little bit daunted by it so I tried to like be as prepared as I could and learn as much as I could but really you can't really you can't really prep for those things because you only know as much as you know. And you, right. in, in the, on the spot, you're like, well, let me just try to talk through the problem and hope that they like me. Because <laughs> like, you, can't, you can't learn all of computer science, you know, two weeks before your interview. It's just not possible. Or remember it all either. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. You can try right? to learn it. You won't remember it. That's a good point. Right. Even if you've um, been developing for 10 years, sometimes you won't remember all of it. Oh, yeah. I, d I don't know most people who do remember all of it. It's... Right. Because you don't need to. Right. Um, but I interviewed at this company and there were some CS related things that they asked me, like, 
in like the phone screen and then in the in-person interview. And like, I distinctly remember it was like a half day interview and it was probably like, I got there at like 12 or something or 11 and I was there till almost five or six. And like the last half an hour of the day, they were like, okay, you've got half an hour. Can you sit with these two engineers and can you code Conway's Game of Life in PHP? We noticed you don't know PHP, but just try it anyways. And I was like, first of all, okay, I don't know PHP. Fine. I'm glad you know that you know, you know that we're on the same page. Secondly, right. what is Conway's Game of Life? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, and these two engineers are really nice. They're really lovely, and they kind of talked me through it. Um, and I was like, wait, there are all of these computer science things that somehow I'm expected to know and I don't know. Um, but they're really, some of them are really interesting. And I want to try to know what people are talking about when they reference them because I've heard people, you know, name drop things like the traveling salesman problem or like, you know, big O notation. Like I've heard people say it and I never knew what it meant um, or I knew it kind of on the periphery. And it felt like a thing I should know or it felt like a thing that I was going to need to know at some point. Um, and I think that interview process really kind of made me realize like, hey, you have a lot to learn. You're not going to know it all, but why don't you like just try to explore it if you're interested? Um, and Conway's Game of Life was kind of how I stumbled into all of these crazy computer science problems that are kind of infamous. Um, and everybody who's done something with CS seems to know about them. But for us, non-traditional um, people in software who have, you know, maybe humanities backgrounds or didn't, you know, learn CS, we you know, those, those terms go over our head because you just haven't been exposed to them. And I think that was kind of the first seed that started Base CS, where I was like, oh, wow, there's this whole world of things. And it's not just like, you know, nodes and trees. Like, there are actually really interesting problems with histories behind them. And you might need them in an interview or you might just, like, read about them on Wikipedia for an hour, which is what I did after that interview. I went and read about Conway's Game of Life. Uh, you know, I'm the same way when I see something that I got, and then I need to go and read about it. You know, I'll exactly. like Wikipedia, I'll like Google it for an hour or two if I don't know what that is. So before we go forward, I just I want to close the loop for, for all of us. What happened with the interview? Did you get the job or did you not? I got to the last process, like the last phase in the process, and they were like, you're really lovely. We just want somebody who's more senior. So I did not get the job, um, but turns out about two years later, that company is in a very interesting position right now, and I'm kind of really glad I am where I am, and I didn't go there. So oh, good. Well, <laughs> it all plus, worked out. Right, plus you got B- base CS out of it. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, I'm better mean, maybe. Yeah, like it gave me a wonderful thing, and um, I don't know if I would have had the time or the energy or the confidence to write base CS if I had ended up there. So everything happens for a reason. It's my general opinion on things. One hundred percent agree. Uh, I think uh, career paths are twisting roads with thickets sometimes and no directional signs rather than like, you know, a linear path. And oh, yeah. this is a perfect example of that. Okay, so you did get the job, but you were you're thinking, wow, there's all of these things that all these problems in computer science with histories that I don't know. Um, and so when did you begin to form you know, were you just thinking about it for a while? How did it begin to take form in a more tangible way? Yeah, um, well, it definitely wasn't a tangible thing when I was doing this whole interview thing. It, it didn't even occur to me 
that this could be a project or a thing that I could systematically learn. Um, but what I have been doing for the past three years, pretty much since I started working professionally as a developer, was doing some sort of writing series every year. Um, and that's part of it is because my background is in writing and it's like, I don't know, it's what feeds me, it's what drives me and I love to do it. Um, and it's my creative outlet, but it's just like how I process and think through things. Um, so I didn't want to give up writing. And when I started working professionally as a developer, I was like, okay, how can I like maintain my writing? Sometimes it could maybe even be leveraged to help my career and help learn, um, especially when I was like very junior. So what I decided, um, probably, I guess, January of 2015, when I got my first developer job, I decided that I was going to write some blog post, some sort of technical blog post every week. And just part of it was, I want to write. And part of it was, how can I actually use my skills in writing and my passion for writing to help my career in some way and help how I grow um, in, in my role at this company and in my career over a long period of time. Um, so I decided that I was just going to do like something on a regular basis. So I just picked like Tuesdays and I was like, I'm going to write every single Tuesday and I'm going to write about some technical thing that I've learned that week. And this was like my first dev job. So I was like, I'm going to learn something. I'm sure I'll learn something every week. <laughs> right. And I just, what I started doing was I started writing down um, like words or phrases or APIs or like concepts that somebody would mention at this company. And I would just write it down in this notebook. And then every, like before every Tuesday, I would write some sort of blog post based on the thing that I learned or a thing that I wanted to learn. Um, and I filled up like a whole year, like 52 like technical articles in that entire year just by systematically doing one piece every single week. Um, and I called it Technical Tuesdays. Um, and then I did another writing series the year after because I was like, oh, this is fun. I, I can do this. Like, I just need to figure out how to budget my time. And then I know I will be able to write systematically. I'm pretty disciplined. I know I can do this. Um, so the year after, I was like, I need to do something not technical. So I did something completely different, which was uh, fiction and creative nonfiction. And I picked Thursdays as the day that I was going to do something. I think part of it was just like I got tired of writing on Mondays. So I was like, not Tuesdays. <laughs> Let's just do Thursday. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, I'll do Thursday. And like, what is like the one thing I'm going to do? I'm going to write a thousand words. It doesn't matter what it is. It just has to be a thousand words. So I wrote a thousand words every Thursday for a year. And did you publish the, those two? Yeah. published the thousand words. Did you edit them at all? Or was it just, you know, how there's like the 700, write 750 words without stopping? Or, or was it edited with a thousand words? It was edited, but it wasn't like um, extensively edited. Like it wasn't like I poured right. over it, you know, for a long time because I pretty much only had a week to write it. Um, so the idea was like, try not to be a perfectionist about it, just write something. And I think that's one of the hard things about writing is that it's really hard to get started and it's really hard to like not obsess over it not being perfect. And then you just kind of sit there and you're like, oh my God, it's not good enough. Or, oh my God, it's going to be criticized or, oh, I could make this better. And then you just end up with a blank page after two hours. Um, so this whole writing series, especially Thousand Word Thursdays was kind of to be, it was the whole, the idea behind it was to kind of be the opposite of that and force me to write something and not worry about being criticized or not worry about being perfect or, you know, even I don't have, if I don't have an editor, that's okay. The idea is just write the thousand words, no matter what. And that's the thing you will do. And you will do it like with, you know, some semblance of regularity. 
which is hard for writers. I mean, I know I don't write regularly. I'm not somebody who I have to write a thousand words a day or whatever. I've been writing a long time. But what I have to do is I have to push through and get done to a first draft. And like for me, so, so I think, and I think, and I think I'm always background processing is my dad. My dad's an engineer, a mechanical (laughs) engineer. And he always calls it background processing, throw it in the back of your head and then walk around and an answer will come out. So, um, so that happens for me. But what I found is I have to push through on the first draft and I just get down down a really crappy first draft and that's how I push through that but I love the idea that for you it was just a thousand words every Thursday yeah yeah right. I, and everybody has their different way of like what yeah. is the thing that will push me to do it if it's you know yeah. a first draft or if it's I'm gonna write for three hours and even if it's crap at the end it doesn't matter <laughs> like I've, I've got something or I'm gonna write to x word limit like every, every writer needs that I've noticed and all of them like they'll do them in different ways they'll have different you know different constraints and different boxes that they have to fill but it, it always seems to work once you find the thing that works for you well right and I'm curious because you have technical Tuesdays thousand word Thursdays um did you, is it accountability? Does that part of what works for you is that you know that people are waiting, you know, not that you have these adoring fans clamoring at the gates, but do you know what I mean? That like you have accountability to publish every week. Is that part of what helps you or is it, I don't know, do you just like that sort of getting into routines? Yeah, the accountability is definitely a big part of it. Um, But I will tell you that that's like a more recent thing because um, in the oh. beginning, nobody was reading. Right, right. That's what I mean. I'm not trying right? to be mean about like yeah, people yeah, yeah. pounding on the gate because a lot of times our projects, they are, they just toil, we toil in obscurity. Yes, exactly. And like you have to kind of, I think part of it has to be that you are writing for yourself um, because in the beginning, no one is going to read it like when you're starting out. And it, it's an interesting dichotomy because in the beginning, your worry is, will anybody care? And then when you start getting readership, it turns into, oh my God, all these people care. What? Right. <laughs> so oh it, my God. Holy crap. I better not screw it up now, right? <laughs> yeah. So you, basically what I'm saying is you always have an overarching sense of anxiety. <laughs> it just comes in different shapes and forms. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I still, I still relate with that. <laughs> it's, I, I feel it so much, but it's, it's, um, it is something that has definitely helped me with base CS um, because base CS has been the biggest project and the largest undertaking I've, you know, tried to take on. And it has helped me on, you know, weeks or months where I've really not wanted to do it or I've really felt exhausted or I felt really disheartened by the thing I'm trying to learn about because sometimes I can't find the resources. Um, but then I'm just like, you know what? You said you're going to do this thing and like barring you know, very extraordinary circumstances, you have to do it. And now when I know the number of people who are reading it, I'm like, oh, there are people who are counting on you and there are people who could really learn from this and you are helping people. So don't let them down just because you're tired. <laughs> yeah. So it ha- was there a week, um, and we'll get to, to, to base CS in one, one minute, but you just, I'm just so fascinated, you know, technical Tuesdays, thousand word Thursdays. And yeah, and as people are going to hear in a minute, Base CS is on Mondays, right? Yep. So, so is there um, when you were having a hard week? Was there ever a time you missed or barely got it in, in under the wire? Oh yeah, there are times where um, 
I didn't get it done on a Monday or I was up really late trying to read or learn about something and I just was like, I know I'm not going to get this done by tomorrow. Um, so sometimes I would do it, you know, at the end of the day on a Monday because I try to do it early in the morning um, so that I don't need to worry about it. Or sometimes I would post it like on a Tuesday or Wednesday if there were like a hol- if there were holidays or if I was traveling. Long flights makes it really hard for me because... I'm jet lagged and then I'm somehow like in a time zone that's elsewhere and I get, it's really hard for me to actually be regular about it. Um, and there were two weeks that I actually took off early in March cause I was like, I didn't have internet connection. I was going to be like in a remote place and I was like, sorry, no base CS. I'll try to make it up, you know, and do those two posts later if I can. But there, there are like, you know, th- there has to be a semblance of Let's be realistic. Like, no one is making you do this. This is a thing you did for yourself. You don't need to kill yourself for it. But you do need to have some sense of discipline and accountability so that people can, not just people, but also you, can expect that it's going to be a regular thing you do. Because doing doing something on a regular basis is really, really hard. And it's hardest for you when you're the person creating it because it's so easy to be, you know, lazy or it's so easy to just be like, I'll just skip this one week or I'll just like do it tomorrow. And then it just doesn't happen. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really fascinated with this because it seems like you have such a great balance between discipline and reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what other word to use for it. It's really funny because I'm actually... Uh, so I write for a fast company. I'm mm-hmm. a regular contributor for their leadership and future of work column um, areas. And I'm actually writing right now about my yoga habit. And, you know, basically the idea that it's not about just about the doing the habit, but how do you get back to it? And how do you find a flow with a, an everyday something or a discipline practice, like an every week or an everyday kind of thing that requires rigor um, but yet life happens. We don't have internet. We get sick. Yeah. Uh, whatever. The dog gets sick, the whatever, right? Yeah. So life I love totally that. Happens. You, <laughs> right. And I love that you get that you say, here's my balance here I'm disciplined and I'm gonna let myself off the hook and not kill myself to try to, to do these when I can't. Right? When when the when the forces are against me, right, uh, internet or whatever, I'm gonna give myself a break. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so important because it helps you still want to do it at the end of the day. And if, if right. you are too unkind to yourself um, and you, you know, take the discipline to the point where it's governing your entire life and your well-being, then you don't enjoy it anymore. And then what's the point? You know, like, I, I don't know, there's so many hours in the day and if you're doing something like you should do it because you want to do it and not because you feel like, you know, you've guilted yourself into like doing it because then you somehow it's like January 15th and you're two weeks in and you're like, wait, I hate this. <laughs> Why am I right. doing it? Right. Which are is you, not or, what you would want. Right. Or you just want the checkbox, right? You know, exactly. like GitHub streaks or, you know, whatever, like on my yoga, I do yoga at home and I have, it, you can see it checks marks every day that you do it. You can see it. Or not, it's like a green little banner that I love. I love that green banner, you know, like, yeah. oh, it's full with green banners, you know, the whole, yeah. like the month, it gives you the month view. Oh yeah. Um, so, so that, that's so great that you have that, that balance with it. Okay. So let's get back to base CS. And so you did thousand word Thursdays. Um, so by my guess is that 2016 was that Thursday was thousand word Thursdays. Mm -hmm. And so then you're ending thousand word Thursdays and are you thinking you want to do another challenge or? 
Yeah, I think a thousand word Thursdays was fun, but it was, you know, a thousand words is actually not that hard. Um, mm. when, once you get into the groove of it and I wanted right. something, you know, I wanted something kind of meaty and like something I could really, really grow from. Um, and I think that's kind of when I started getting, you know, this, the seed from like, you know, a year ago or so at that, at that point when I, you know, had that super technical interview, I think that started sprouting a little bit. And I was like, well, why don't you do something that you are, you know, not as comfortable with writing is something you're comfortable with, especially fiction. Um, what is like, what is the other end of the pendulum? Like, what is something that kind of is scary to you? Why don't you try to take that on? Um, if you really want to challenge, you know? Um, and that's kind of when I got the idea of like, why don't I just, instead of doing a technical post every week, why don't I try to do one computer science thing every week? And then maybe I can kind of teach myself a little bit about CS, which I don't know anything about. Um, and the, you know, the personality, um, of base CS kind of grew over time. And if you read it chronologically, you can kind of see I start making tweaks and changes and I find like a certain voice. Um, and the illustrations like wasn't a thing that I necessarily knew was going to be the way it ended up being. I was like, I'll just add some drawings to explain things. And it ended up being such a core part of the series. Right. Oh, so fascinating. I'm like, okay, I have a million questions. You're talking about <laughs> all the things I want to get into. I'm so excited. So at what point, I, I'm going to be super freaking dirty right now, like a little productivity. You are, you're talking to the right person. <laughs> Willpower. That's totally me. Goal nerd. Because I do like a theme of every year. So I don't do, I don't do resolutions. I do a theme of every year. Mm -hmm. And um, they they do happen to run like the, the length of the year, but usually like around September, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm totally licking this steam. I'm like, I'm totally getting it. I've, I've got this right. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, Ooh, what, what's going on next year? And usually by about October, November, I come up with my theme for the next year. So I'm already like, I'm, I'm closing down the last year's project, so to speak, my theme, and I'm building for the next year. Okay, so this is my preamble to how did you, like, so at what point did you decide Base CS, what point in the year did you say Base CS is going to be 2017's project? I think probably the second week of December or maybe third week. Okay, yeah, so near the end. Yeah, I really didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea what I was going to do. Like, I kind of wanted to do something technical and code related, but I had all these other ideas. At some point, I was like, why don't I learn how to make a new cocktail every week and then write about it? So it could have been a cocktail year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that would have been very different. I'm glad I went with the code. It would have been very different. But yeah, so so it's like the second or third week of December is when you started to think about it. And when when did your dad drop that knowledge bomb with that name? Um, that was probably right before Christmas. Like I think we were driving and we were talking about, I had just started talking to him about binary because that was like the very core first thing of, CS that I didn't know and we were like talking about you know where it came from and like relating to circuits and he was trying to teach me binary which is interesting because I I think I did a I was like not a good student at the beginning I was like I don't understand and obviously as time went on I got better at it but it's thinking about computer science you have to think a certain way especially with like math it, like it it is actually just a lot of logic but you have to kind of change your paradigm of how you think about things. Um, and I didn't know how to think like that at first, or I maybe didn't think that I could do it. I don't know. There are probably a lot of like imposter syndrome type of things going on for me 
like towards the end of last year, because it's just a scary thing to try to take on computer science when you know nothing about it. Um, but yeah, I think he we were just talking about it, and he was like, oh, you know, base two, like we we're talking about binary, what about base CS? And it was just like as natural and organic as that. Like we were literally talking about binary, and he was like, just just play off of that name. And I was like, and okay, right. cool. So, so like a week before you're gonna launch this thing, right? Launch, I use launch in air quotes, right? Mm -hmm. The week before you start this thing, you came up with the name. And so did, when did you launch it officially? I guess, what was the first Monday of this year? <laughs> Probably know, January 1st, right? Um, let me, let me look, I'm gonna look at a calendar right now. Uh, it was, oh, it was the second. Yep, the second, that was the first post. Wow. And so what was the, and, and what was your first post? Was it about binary? It was, yeah. It was yep. uh, bits, bytes, and building with binary. And so how did you, after that first post, how did you figure out what you were going to write about each week? Oh, that's a really good question. So I actually started probably um, the last week of December after I figured out and like solidified that I wanted to do this whole base CS thing. Um, I started planning a little bit by looking at like pulling from all the different things I knew about computer science, like the, like Conway's Game of Life, um, linked lists, like all these things that either I'd heard of or I knew about a little bit. Um, and I made this Excel spreadsheet. Uh, and then I put them in order of what I thought was easy and what I thought was hard. That's delightfully, <laughs> this is already delightfully nerdy. I am like, I am like geeking out about this because I have spreadsheets like this too. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, my spreadsheet, now that I look at it, is kind of messy, but, um, <laughs> but I just wanted some sort of like scaffold, you know, or skeleton of how I was going to do this. Um, and then I, I think actually I asked people on Twitter, like, what are some CS problems that are, you know, well-known or, you know, kind of fundamental things that you think people should know. And I think a lot of people were like, some people said traveling salesman problems. Some people were like, oh, heaps or like hash tables. And it was a variety of algorithms, data structures, problems, um, fundamental things. Um, and so I just was like, okay, well, these are things that maybe go together. And these things seem, you know, these seem, these two things are seem like different concepts. So I tried to group things by concept and how hard they were. Um, but really, now that I think about it, what I was trying to do is create a computer science curricula without knowing it. Right, right. Which is what I ended up doing through the series. And what was interesting is as I read and learned computer science and taught myself computer science, I created the curriculum as I went along. Because if you read about one thing, you'll kind of like... It leads read, you to something else. Yeah, it'll. it's exactly like, you know, the whole click on links on Wikipedia, you end up going down these oh rabbit gosh. holes. Um, and so what I would do is when I would write, write about a topic and I would realize that there were two things connected or maybe this was actually two different posts, then I would be like, okay, well, I know these two things are connected. I'm not gonna write about them now, but I've you know mentally noted that they're related. So either I'll write about them next or I'll come back to them and connect you know connect the dots. Um, but it, it, because I was teaching myself, it happened so organically. And if you, what's interesting is if you start looking at base CS and compare it to like Stanford or MIT's um, like CS courses, it is such a similar flow. And I didn't know at the time that that was happening. Um, and in some ways it's different. And in some ways mine make more sense to me than, you know, MIT's because, because you know, I, I connected two ideas on my own rather than a professor telling me that they're connected. That's so, that's so lovely. So, and, and I, cause I was thinking, 
I think I would feel completely overwhelmed. Obviously, to think about that you, that you created a curriculum for CS, you could never have thought about that a year ago because it probably would have paralyzed you or at oh, least yeah. it would have paralyzed me. <laughs> I would have oh, been like, oh my God, yes. Okay, <laughs> let's just talk about gossip or something. Um, right? I mean, you know, it, I think uh, what I was really fascinating is how you broke it, broke, the, the, broke it down to make it more accessible to yourself so you didn't get overwhelmed. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, what you said is totally right. I would have never done it if somebody had been like, hey, can you over the next, you know, 365 days, please uh, teach yourself some computer science, create a curricula and then teach, you know, other people. Like I would have been like, no. <laughs> how about that? How about let's do drinks? <laughs> Drink recipes it is, right? I, mean, I think sometimes we, it, it is fascinating. There's this idea that we... Um, I think sometimes there's this power in doing something small that can become something bigger and we can only look back at it later and see that it's become that, right? We can't maybe start with it. Like I started Indie Dotes. I had this idea a couple years ago. I was really, really sick. I have a chronic illness and I couldn't get out of bed and I missed talking to people. I love, I want to, I just want to hear what's inside your brain. I mean, I'm fascinated, right? And I couldn't get out very much. And I thought, what if I had a podcast? Because then it wouldn't matter if I was having a bad day and my feet were hurting and I couldn't walk very well. I could just Mm -hmm. sit at my desk and talk to people, Mm -hmm. cozied up in my big sweater, which is often what happens. I'm doing it right now. (laughs) Um, And so that's why I started the podcast was really just this idea that I could um, talk to people every week and I could still get something, you know, learn from people and meet people, even though I couldn't leave the house. And people ask me, well, what is it going to become? And I still say, I, I don't know. And I, I don't, I don't even want to think about it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Cause sometimes thinking about the big thing is too hard. And, you know, I think about it in terms of software too, like some of the hardest problems in software, like the way to approach it, and even the not so hard ones, depends on you know what you're doing. But the best way to approach it is break it down into simpler things yes. that seem less scary, right? And so when it's not a question of, oh, I'm trying to like revamp what MIT did, and instead it's just I'm going to try to understand how hexes work so that I can figure out why they matter when I you know write. CSS and I use different colors. And then when you start applying it to your own self and why it actually might be important and helpful to you, it becomes a way less of an enigma. And it's less of, um, you know, just learn this because everybody should know it and more of, oh, there's a reason and like, learn this thing because it's actually interesting and you interact with it every day. It's, it's different when you're doing it for yourself and you're doing it, you know, in little tiny bite-sized pieces to actually answer a question rather than trying to take on this massive thing because you start thinking about you know the massive thing you'll probably never do it because it's too scary right teeny 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 bites well and I'm curious were you ever was there ever a point where you got overwhelmed with this project when what you were doing oh yeah I think um probably close to halfway through um I started realizing that there was just so much and I was a little bit worried that I wouldn't be able to cover enough of it. Or I think the other times that I felt overwhelmed was when I would try to learn something and I got to the point where there weren't resources that were accessible to beginners or to non-CS majors. That was really hard. Um, 
And that's when I got overwhelmed because I would start to think, oh, what if this is the one topic where it stops, where I can't teach myself? Like, it's too hard. Like, this is the, this is the topic, like radix trees, for example. When I was learning about those, it was so hard. I, I was basically in tears because I could not find anything that made sense to me and I couldn't understand it. And it ended up taking me two weeks to learn that thing. Um, and I had to break it up into pieces again and try to understand it because it was so hard to understand what all of these, you know, PhD dissertations were saying, or sometimes you would look at, you know, uh, course materials and they would put these formulas on the board in these videos and you'd just be like, I don't know what that is. And I just want to know what this idea is. And please explain it to me in a simple way. Tell me why I should care. Help me understand. But, you know, you're, you're, you're scouring the internet for resources and it can be really hard that way. And I think those were the times that was, that I was, overwhelmed because I was like, oh, this might not work through the whole year. I might quit in May because what if I can't understand or what if I have to skip this topic or what if I have a giant gap in my whole BCS thing because I was not smart enough to understand this topic. Mm. Yeah, it can really cause imposter syndrome. Yeah, for sure. And it speaks to a larger problem of like computer science education. Like I have learned so much about how that entire field works and I have so many opinions about how problematic it is because I have you know I've I kind of feel like a little bit of a guinea pig where I'm like what is it like to learn this on your own and actually go and try to go through the entire course or multiple courses semesters of courses um, and try to understand what it would be like to get a degree without getting the degree and just do it on your own because people talk about it being so simple and I mean, if you try to do what I did, I will tell you it is not that simple. And that's kind oh, of what no. I'm hoping to change with BCS. I want to make it accessible and easy, right. and it shouldn't be such a, you know, gatekeeper-y thing. But unfortunately, at the moment, it still kind of feels that way to me. It's, it's ironic in a lot of ways if you think about it because software, and especially tech, talks a lot about accessibility and inclusion and diversity, and we're like, oh, coding is the future. And Apple's like, yes, let's make sure every single elementary school has coding. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. They are seven years old, but they will become programmers, you know, whatever, in 10 years or something, or maybe sooner. But what about the people who are like 27 and who are actually coding and they're, they're like in the industry right now? Like, what are you doing to help them? And like, how are you bringing more people into it? Like, it's fine. It's nice and shiny and glitzy to put a Mac in all these rooms and be like, we're going to teach you how to program this thing. But there's all of these communities and populations of people who could not only benefit um, themselves from having access to these resources and this content, but would actually impact the industry in a lot of positive ways if only we would give them the tools to do that. Right, right. Yeah, and get, yeah exactly. So I want to... I'm so, I'm so excited by what you're talking about because I want to go back to this, loop back into this whole idea of um, you thought maybe there's a topic I have to skip. Did you mm -hmm. ha end up having to skip any topics that you tried to, to learn about? I haven't so far, no. Fantastic. I, I, I had a feeling. I asked that. I did not know the answer to that, but I was like, I bet she did not skip one. And I wanted to ask that because I think it's important for people to know. You did not, so you did not know computer science before this year. Correct. Every single thing I've written, I did not know before I wrote it. 
<laughs> right. At it, all. It, it, exactly. And now you're talking about, um, you know, academia and computer science degrees and probably have really leveled up the, the level of uh, computer science that you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. Because those pieces, uh, by the way, so for folks who have not read these and you really should check them out, we'll, we'll put a link um, on the show notes for you. I looked, I'm pretty sure if you look at Medium, it tells you how long of a read it is. 15 minutes is the minimum read that I could find, which is about 3,500 or 4,000 words, not even including the drawings. That's, that's, a, that's an, a meaty undertaking every week to not only learn something, but then distill it into something that other people can understand. Yeah, yeah. And I think the second part is um, that that's... The second part feeds into the first part, right? Where in distilling it and in explaining it in a fun and understandable and like conversational way, not in like an intimidating way that assumes a lot of things, you actually know it so much better. Um, and so like I, I once had somebody ask me like, you did base CS, but you could have just learned all of this and not done the whole project. Like you could have just taught yourself and not done all the drawings and published it and all that. Like you didn't have to make it accessible. You didn't have to make this resource, but it's funny because people think of it as like, oh my God, you're, you're giving so much. And it's like, you're open sourcing computer science education, which in some ways is true. But in doing that, like, I really know these things now. And like, I can talk to anybody about them because I was forced to think about, okay, this is what you've learned. What made sense? Like, what did these resources not explain? What took you like four hours to figure out? Like, how can you explain that in an in a, you know, understandable way to someone else so that they don't need to waste five hours of their time trying to understand, like, what big O notation is. Because it's not that hard if you have it explained to you in the right way. But the problem is it's hard to find the resource that will do that. Well, right. And I do think that we, by teaching others, so to speak, we learn more ourselves. Totally. And I I used to be a teacher for like about a year. I I used to be a sixth grade teacher. And like, Mm. I learned a lot about how, um, what makes, what makes teaching so hard, you know? And it's like, you, I can explain something to you. And if someone's sitting next to you, they might not understand anything based on the way I explained it to you. And people learn in different ways, right? There's like kinesthetic learners, auditory learners, visual learners, and you never know how it might click for someone. So if you're the teacher, it's on you to make sure you cover all the surface areas of how someone could understand a topic. And I think in computer science, they have not done that. Like, they've kind of seen it as a one-dimensional thing. And people don't learn, you know, these concepts in one way. And so hopefully what I'm trying to do with Base CS um, and what I realized in the process of looking at the resources out there is that those, you know, those accessible um, and different, um, you know, perspective resources don't exist. So if I anyways have to learn these things, like why don't I add to what's not there and try to make that thing exist that I wish existed when I was learning all this stuff? Well, well, right. I mean, and you know, you kept, I hear you talking about like, you know, four hours to do this or that. How long do you think it took you each week? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm asking you that question because I, I mean, I look at your things and I'm like, holy mother of a lot of time. Uh, yes. At least it would be for me because they're really, really well done. I mean, again, they're by my count, I put one or two of them into a word counter just to see. I'm like, they're about 3,500 or more words every week. There's 
drawings. They're easy to understand. So let's talk about the time commitment. Oh, all right. <laughs> you, if, I want to do the math at some point because uh, I can't imagine how much time. And I, I don't regret it at all, but man, it's been it's been a heck of a year. If you Good to do it later, them. right? Good exactly. Do the math Don't do it before. It. Right, right, right. Um, also, you don't know before. It's just starts right. growing and then all of a sudden it's like December and you're like, what? Where did all this right. time go? Um, well, so I guess if I could uh, ballpark estimate for you, um, the first step of the whole process of writing a post is knowing the topic. Um, and once you know the topic, it takes time to learn it because it actually involves basically going through like the first three pages of Google search results at least, um, or like going through YouTube, going through like, you, you just look everywhere to see what people have written about it or, you know, created videos or whatever. Um, and reading a lot of blogs and stuff. Um, so that like, that's something that takes a lot of time, the researching and learning it for yourself. And that's probably like, you know, a couple hours every night or I don't know, like half of a Saturday or something, depending on the topic. Um, and I think the tricky thing about that is that you can't, it's, it's really hard to just sit and do it in three hours. I've noticed, at least for me, I kind of need to like read a little bit let it marinate and read a little bit and like yeah. mull on it and then digest like, it exactly mm -hmm. yeah you have to like let it sit i think and then as your brain starts to really understand it you can start to learn a little bit more and then you have a good grasp on the concept itself so then once you've learned it um the next step is like actually figuring out how you're going to distill it down um, and that's where the drawings come in and honestly the drawings i think are the most time consuming part after learning the topic because sometimes you're relearning as you draw and you have to figure out like, okay, what illustration here would make sense? And what is a thing that's hard? And what, what do I want to step through? So like for algorithms, you have to figure out, okay, which part of the algorithm is complicated? Cause that's what I want to illustrate. And then you have to illustrate it. Um, and so then, did you illustrate or write first or was it, did you do them sort of, uh, you know, kind of at the same time, you know, off and on? I illustrate first. Um, and then I use those illustrations to ground me while I write because when I'm illustrating, I'm thinking about what I, you know, what I want to explain. And then I have all these, you know, somewhere between like 12 to 20 illustrations per post that are all hand drawn um, that when I go to write, I've got them kind of in an order and I've got like a scaffold and I'm like, OK, the first section I'm going to talk about what a linked list is and the second section I'm going to talk about like you know, how you insert and delete things and why is it more efficient? Uh, th the third section will be like, okay, when do you want to use a linked list and how does it compare to an array? So I, I kind of think through like the three sections of each thing. And I so usually... So then, yeah, so the illustrations helps perform almost like an outline for you? Exactly, yeah. They're totally like an outline. And sometimes I will use them to like direct the flow of what it is. Because if you just sit down and you're like, I'm going to write about this thing, it can be hard. But if you've got 20 illustrations, you're like, oh, okay. I'm going to write about this thing and these four illustrations go well together and I'm going to explain this concept. And so, so that makes did, it easier. And this is really geeky again. How <laughs> did you create the, the illustrations and like what did you do? Like are they hand drawn or whatever? And then how long again does it take to create those illustrations? Um, I hand drew every single illustration. Um, I have like a bunch of notebooks. I think I've filled up probably four or five notebooks by now. Um, they're just like dot grid notebooks and I have a whole set of like sketch pens <laughs> that I have been accumulating over this project because I, I like to make it colorful and exciting um, and fun because I think colors help 
make some concepts visually a lot easier to distill. Um, but the illustrations probably take me five hours at least. Um, yeah, four, so, okay, four or five I'm, hours at a minimum. So right now I'm thinking you're at minimum 10 hours in and you haven't written a word yet. Yeah, the writing is the easy part, surprisingly. Okay, because I was like, there's like five to ten hours of research, about five hours of illustrations, right? Something, mm -hmm. I'm, I think I'm in the right camp. Okay, so then the, the writing at this point has become easy because you are a writer, but or maybe also because you've thought a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've thought, by that point, I've thought a lot about it. I've got illustrations, I've got them in an order, and so it's just kind of like filling it in. Um, and... I can generally write pretty fast once I have an idea in my head. Um, so I, what I've done a lot this year is wake up like super early at like 4.30 in the morning on a Monday, write it, and then publish it. And then that's easy. Wow. And so how long do you think the writing will take you? Uh, maybe two hours. Three okay. for like the really long ones, but not more than that. Got it. So every week you're spending between 12 and 15 hours on publishing this. And then I'm assuming that maybe there's comments or conversation on Twitter or things like that that you're also doing. Yeah, yeah, that also happens too. Um, and I, I've noticed as my readership has gone up, people have like caught mistakes and errors and I'm like, oh good, this is good. That's always a good thing because that means people are reading and now I have editors, <laughs> like de facto editors who are telling me, like, you, you made a typo right here. And I'm like, oh, thank you for catching that. It was probably five in the morning when I wrote it. So. I know that always happens. I was just getting somebody, I was just getting some, I wrote a piece and I'm about to publish it. And I got, I quoted somebody and they, they were like, oh, there's a couple of uh, typos here. And I was like, oh, cool. Thank you so much because I have not not, um, I've not done the proofreading yet, so thank you for helping me with my typos. <laughs> <laughs> that feedback is good. So, okay, so um, I know that, so this is all, this was never a project that you, you just thought, I'm going to do this this year. It's just going to be like another Technical Tuesdays or Thousand Word Thursdays. Oh, by the way, I never found out why Mondays. Uh, because I feel like Mondays are... They just need some love, you know, like I, everybody hates Mondays <laughs> and I was like, it can't be Tuesday or Thursday and I don't want it to be a Friday. So I just pick Monday. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, it, every year that I do this, I kind of narrow down my choices <laughs> and it's never going to be I'm a like, weekend. I know. I was like, wait, what about Wednesday? No, Wednesday was not uh, an option, I guess. You thought Wednesday had enough love because it's hump day. So people are like, yay, Monday, Wednesday, but they're blue on Monday. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't think I put too much thought into it. I think I was just like, mm, let's do Monday, beginning of the week, you know, start with a fresh new topic, get people motivated to learn CS. I don't know. <laughs> I'm putting way more thought into this than you are. Um, I'm like, I know now you have a podcast. I do. Yeah. It's really exciting. Uh, I, I wasn't sure how um, how to translate the ACS into audio format, but um, it was something I was thinking about doing for a while. And um, one of my really good friends, Saran, who does the Code Newbies podcast, and she's just like a you know powerhouse with the entire Code Newbies community. Um, yep. she she's, checked been on out. The sh she's been on the show. Yeah, she's fabulous. Yeah. I love she's her. I know, I love her too. <laughs> but she basically was like... Um, you know, I saw this and I think, you know, it's going to be super, super accessible to Code Newbie listeners and readers. Um, 
have you ever thought about doing an auditory format? And I was like, I don't have the bandwidth to learn podcasting, but I would love to. And she was like, we should totally collaborate. Like it, and it, it ended up being awesome because I think the combination of um, Saran being so awesome at podcasting and asking all the right questions and, you know, it, it's like a narrative and a conversation. It's super, super friendly and um, especially newbie friendly and accessible. Um, but the combination of Saran, like, having a conversation with me about just nerdy things and it just feels like two friends, you know, you know, just like shooting the shit and hanging out and talking about CS um, has been really fun. It's been such an awesome podcast to record, but what's been great is that I've noticed that people who read the series found like, you know, a lot of doors open to them with the podcast because it helps when someone kind of explains something to you, especially if you're not a visual learner. Um, so... Right, this it goes back open. again to exactly. like the, the to the learning types. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same content, but like someone might just understand it better if they hear me talk about it for twenty minutes, you know? Right, but when you say it's the same content, so I was listening to the uh, linked lists um, podcast earlier. Mm -hmm. It's you're not reading a script. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. it's more that you and Saran, like she's asking questions, and more of a conversation. So the content is. You're covering the same content, but it's not word for word the same. You're just exactly, maybe, yeah. Okay, got it. And it, what's cool is that you can go and read the base CS post that the the episode is based on, and it will not be the same. You might see illustrations that are you know similar to what I I'm like referencing when I talk to Saran in the podcast. But what's really cool is that it's not like I'm reading the blog post to you. Like we are talking about the idea and then you can go and read the post to solidify it or to see it visually if you need that to help you. Um, but they're kind of independent even though they're rooted in the same idea of accessible, approachable, fun computer science fundamentals. Right. And so when did you, at what point did she come to you and say, uh, let's do this? What, how far into the year were you? I think it was probably July or August we had chatted about it and then we kind of set the ball in motion in maybe October um, and then we didn't release the podcast until mid-November I think or early November got it yeah you, you record a bunch before you re release that's what I've learned yeah exactly um, I, I put a whole but I have so many episodes in the can I'm like okay you know like people think about runway for you know like startups I'm like runway with my podcast right so how many episodes do I have in the can so that I'm not scrambling to put something out every week because um, <laughs> yeah, totally. I made a commitment to myself this year too once I decided to do this I didn't start until like May but I decided once I was going to do it I was going to do it every week although I'm taking like two weeks off during the holidays like I'm not going to publish those weeks you know no one's around but you know I, I totally got that so you put some episodes in the can in advance but are you are you going how did you decide which topics to cover on the podcast we just kind of started going systematically from the beginning because... So you, do, you are going from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. We're going from, like, episode one was the first blog post, and then the episode two and three were based on the second blog post. Um, and what's kind of interesting is that sometimes we'll do a podcast and we'll realize that, hey, actually, this blog post could be broken up even further. Um, yeah, so I was wondering. Like, if you go back and, like, relearn the material or think about it in a different way or... Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you realize that, actually like maybe this idea warrants its own episode because it's so rich and full of information and you can dissect it and talk about it quite a bit. Um, and even though it's kind of like 
it, it's CS and it's like kind of, it can be kind of mathy sometimes, um, but it's really fun because we'll use metaphors and we'll have a conversation about it and talk about it like in the context of our lives as developers, which is something that the writing series doesn't have. Um, and it, I think it kind of like becomes another nice additional supplement. Um, and it, it's nice to be able to take base CS and, you know, replant it in different environments and see how how people react to it and which people seem to gravitate more towards the written version versus the auditory version versus versus you know in the future other things that'll probably happen well yeah and i think that's um one of my questions which is like how what's next so you know i mean right now we're recording this and it's the end of november mm-hmm and you know what I'm asking. <laughs> I do is, know. Is Wednesday going to get any love next year? Or are you going on with this? Like, what's next year's thing? And what and what does that mean for Base CS? Well, I think, I, to be totally honest with you, I haven't decided on anything for next year. Um, okay. And I think um, I'm definitely not going to do the weekly Base CS thing. Like, Base CS ends at the end of 2017, for sure. <laughs> um because part of it is just like, it has to end sometime. It's also not like time-wise sustainable <laughs> to keep doing it this way. Uh, right, um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I think uh, I, I am gonna, I'm gonna create a home for Base CS somewhere on the internet. And like, I, I think there, there is an exciting cal- collaboration I have coming out um, in January um, that's going to basically take Base CS into video format. And that's something that I'm doing with the practical developer. Um, which is going to be really, really fun. Um, and I, th- I think it's going to be a interesting combination of like the written version plus like what you see in the, um, in the base CS podcast, but it's going to be more video based. Um, and it'll be cool to see how people react to that. Um, and I, I think something I'd love to do with base CS is turn it into its own, you know, its own computer science fundamentals book at some point, um, which is something I'm kind of trying to get the gears going on. Um, and you know, there's, there's so many ways you can take it. Like you can turn it into course courses. You can make it accessible for, you know, students of younger ages. Um, so it's something that's going to stay alive, but it's all going to be based on this series and we'll see, you know, what people want from it and, how it how it can be used to you know help support especially underserved communities. That's something I'm really passionate about, and that's something I would like to take Base CS um, to the next level with. But the one thing I'm always for sure certain about is that Base CS is always going to be online, and it's always going to be free, and it's always going to be accessible. Um, so that you know whoever whoever you know has an interview in the future and is like, I don't know about Conway's Game of Life. I should learn. Will have somewhere to go. Oh, that's so great that I was just going to ask you, you knew I was going to ask about like, <laughs> I love that free and accessible. So that's the future of it. The videos, everything will be free and accessible. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't plan on putting base CS behind a paywall because if it had been behind a paywall, like my past self might not have ever discovered it, you know, like I'm, I'm creating it for the version of myself that I know exists still and the person that I was that, you know, and the things that I wish existed in the world. And because they didn't exist and I couldn't find those things, I just decided to create them myself. Um, so if I put it behind a paywall or if I like start limiting things, limiting who can, you know, have access to them, then I'm probably leaving out a whole group of people who 
won't be able to have access to those resources otherwise. Um, and I know how it feels. I know how it feels to you know, bang your head against the wall and be like, why can't I understand this? And it's never that you can't understand it. It's that you just haven't found the thing that explains it to you in the way that you need it. Um, so that's that's something that I will always strive to do. Um, and hopefully I can like turn it into like a more fully fledged book of some sort um, because as much as like I've been able to cover in base CS, there's so many topics that I had to leave out <laughs> even right. in the context of the blog post because you know, nobody wants to read like a 30 minute blog post, but if it was a book that was divided into, you know, more in-depth sections, then I think that's something that, you know, people might actually be interested in having on their bookshelf one day, maybe. Well, right. I could see someone who's a new developer who's working, you know, with something, you know, let's say, you know, dynamic programming or bee trees, and they might want to pull that out and then they go, okay, they're, they're thinking about it and they could put it back and, and read about something else that maybe that they're working on or learning that week that yeah. happens to w relate to their work or they're thinking about. So they could just kind of pull it off their shelf. I see it as like a resource on the shelf. For sure. Yeah, that would that would be amazing. Um, Again, it's the resource I wish I had on my shelf. <laughs> mm. Those are projects so, I just love those projects when we create the thing that we, we wished for, right? Yeah. That we didn't have. There's something so fulfilling. And it, it seems like you really learned, it seems like you learned a lot this year. I don't know if, I'm, if, I, if I can be so bold to say this, but it seems that this was maybe a transformational year for you with Base CS. Oh, because yeah, for sure. I think. Does that make sense? Like other projects sound like they made a big difference, but this one just, I guess, feels different. It is. It is so different. And it's it's unique because I didn't expect it to happen that way. I didn't know who was going to. First of all, I didn't really think that many people were going to read it. I was like, it's going to be the same people who were reading, like, you know, maybe a, a couple hundred or maybe a thousand. But I how many not. people, how many people are reading it now? Do you know? I The thing is, I don't even know the full number. I know it's probably, you know. There are a couple hundred thousand that are on one platform, um, a few thousand more on a different platform, um, you know, close, you know, thousands of downloads for the podcast, and I don't know about the video yet. So it, it is way bigger than anything I've done, um, and I think it speaks to the fact that it, the thing that I'm creating doesn't exist, and that's why when, that, as people have been discovering it, they're like, oh my gosh. I have a CS degree or I learned about binary 25 years ago and this is a totally different way of thinking about it or I wish someone had explained it like this to me or I'm new to programming. I've been doing this for six months. Now I know what a linguist is. It seems so scary. Like people from all ends of the spectrum and, you know, I, I think there's this giant, um, there's this thing I've stumbled upon where I was just kind of like digging in my backyard and I just happened to, you know, hit my shovel against this giant, you know, well and I didn't know that that was the case. I thought it was just me who didn't understand it. And it turns out that there are a lot of people who have been struggling and are looking for the resource. And it, it just so happened that in creating this, I found the resource right there. But yeah, you're totally right. It's been a transformational year. And it's been awesome because for, for no other reason than um, this was a thing that I never thought I'd be able to understand. And now that I'm getting towards December and there's only like a handful of base CS posts left, um, it feels good to know that actually you can teach yourself anything and you can do anything if you have the discipline and the motivation and the drive to do it. And you don't let people tell you, no, you can totally do it.
Yeah, and in the process, you've probably helped a lot of other people do exactly the same thing. I certainly hope so. That that would be that would be the most wonderful, you know, the wonderful most wonderful gift that I could get is that people would be like, "Oh my gosh, I can do this too," because there there is no monetary gift from this. It is all, you know, knowledge, and knowledge is you know accessibility to knowledge, and the power of that is something nobody can take away from you. So. The monetary stuff is fine, it's great, but like this is way more rewarding for me. It sure is. I okay, I have tears in my eyes. I'm so I'm so grateful you wanted to come on the show and you accepted <laughs> this this uh, you know, invitation from this random person on the No, internet. thank you so much for having me. It's it's I don't get to talk about this with people. So for me it's really awesome because, you know, I think about it but I don't I don't get the chance to think about it a lot or to talk about it and, you know, verbalize it. So it's pretty cool to be able to, like, look back on it, especially as I get to the end and be like, yeah, I did a good thing this year. It worked out pretty well, didn't it, that, I, that we, we were recording this near the end of the year. I did not try to do that, I promise you. <laughs> I, was, I was not that smart. Um, but it is great. I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you did something pretty remarkable. And uh, uh, thank you again for sharing your story with us. Of course. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>